Oh shit, Craig. What's up, Craig? What's up, Craig? All right. Yeah, let me get some water real fast. All right. How do we even start this? All right. I'm just going to go into it. Let's do it. It would be extremely painful for you. Of course. Yes. The fire rises. Three, two, 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 one. Welcome back to Cinema 7. Uh, I am Mario B. I am your host for this uh, newly updated episode uh, since we've uh, kind of took a hiatus due to the quarantine and, uh, you know, trying to still figure out, you know, things through this whole quarantine or stay at home or the coronavirus, COVID, you know, whatever you want to call it. I believe the last thing we posted was uh, escapism with Josh and Luke. And with escapism, doesn't need no more. Best uh, best it. co-host, best co-host we've ever had. <laughs> Josh uh, is having technical difficulties. Uh, he's technically still part of the podcast, but he's also uh, he's on leave, I guess you could say, from the podcast until he gets a new laptop. He's on um, uh, dis- disability. He's on disability. Yeah. Oh, with me, by the way, is Chris Hawk. Hey, 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 hey. You know, it's... Uh, Stay safe. Stay exactly. safe. Exactly. It's been a very um, challenging time, you know, especially with, uh, you know, working and, and figuring out how to get work or, or you know, not being able to work. Mario, I heard you uh, started work again today. Uh, I started Sunday. How yeah. is it? Because you're it's closer to people than I am. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm very anxious, uh, and I think that that's uh, very easy to see. I don't hide my anxiousness very well. Um, we're only doing drop-offs because we're dropping off. We, we deliver appliances and uh, you know televisions and stuff. So right now we're only dropping things off at their front door or you know in front of the house. We're not allowed inside. Uh, mm-hmm. eventually we will be going inside as I'm told to install things. Uh, but you know, when, right before this all happened, I just got this new job. So I was, I'm fresh as a newborn baby and fresh, 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 fresh. fresh. So I'm fresh, a little fresh. flustered and overwhelmed with learning while this whole thing is going on. Uh, so it, it's, uh, uh, I don't want to say difficult because it's not really, but it, it's definitely um, a lot to take in. Oh, yeah, but, I haven't uh, stopped. I know you. I'm considered uh, energy essential. Energy I'm in, essential. Yeah, because we deal with the energy part of the uh, essential workforce, um, electrician. So it's been it's been okay. I mean. Nothing really it's, has uh, changed for us. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'm trying not to, um, it's tough because it's, it's a lot of uncertainty, uncertainties. And, you know, um, you just got to be smart and try to use your common sense and, yeah. and, 
you know, it's 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 tough. Oops, sorry about that. I bumped the table. But uh, today we're doing a take two. Finally, take two has returned after take three. Take three of the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I thought we did this a year ago because we planned on doing this every year, revisiting this movie. We're gonna do but it. The last her. time, the last time we talked about this movie was three years ago. Can you believe that? Three two, years ago. Two, three years ago. Well, I, sl- I had to sleep on it for three years. You know? <laughs> Before we could rewatch it. Before we could rewatch it. You watched but the I, whole trilogy, though, right? I did watch the whole trilogy, and it's good. It's okay, good. So, so watching the whole trilogy, has it changed your perspective on Dark Knight Rises? We'll get into it. But I'll let okay. you know it's it's a lot it's a better than the first time I watched. <laughs> so background check. Uh, background check. The the reason we wanted to keep revisiting this movie is because Chris Hawk and I had a mutual hate or disdain for this movie. Like we thought it was pretty bad. And we were we were was, very we were very let down. We were incredibly let down. So because. Because the Dark yeah. Knight, you can't. That's the highest of highs for comic book crime thriller movies. You just—it's so good. We'll get. Well, I'll talk about Dark Knight a little bit more. But you have a movie that is acclaimed as one of the best comic book movies of all time, and then you give us Rises. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we were. Uh disappointed and uh our expectations i think were too high too um yeah so we decided we're like hey we we let's rewatch it because we've we've done these episodes and thanks to john we had these string of episodes called take twos where we'd revisit movies because we were trying to have different themed episodes and so we were like let's rewatch dark Knight rises and you know we you pooped on it less than i did i think i was very like against against it when we recorded it or rewatched it and talked about it you were trying to be more optimistic mm-hmm. and uh cuz there's really we, truly if we get down to it there's no bad batman movie you know what i'm saying they're all they're all fun in their own right even nipple suit batman george clooney bat card like every batman is somehow a good movie yeah. And this may be a different episode than the, than the last one. If you want to go check it out in our archive, it's Take Two, Dark Knight Rises. Um, this one, obviously, I don't know what we're going to call it. Take Three, Dark Knight Rises again. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, take uh, Dark Knight Rises from the top. Um, but yeah, I don't. We, we're probably going to have different perspectives perspectives because we've grown a little bit since we rewatched it and we I think we have different perspectives on storytelling and stuff. So Mara, when's the last time you saw Batman Begins? Uh I rewatched it at the beginning of this year. Dude, that that movie hits hard. That's your favorite. It it is my trilogy. favorite out of out of the three. It I is I think it's because it's very it just feels more Batman y. Do you know how good a villain Liam Neeson is. Just how good. When he shows up again and rises, I was like, yo, 
this scene is awesome. But then seeing him in Batman Begins, like from like, because I don't believe I saw Batman Begins in a while. I usually don't rewatch movies, but I was like, I need to rewatch him. And I was like, he is a legitimate good villain. Liam Neeson, like er, he's intimidating. He's physically imposing. He, he hooks you with whatever he says. You think whatever he says, he means, you, you know, he yeah. never goes, he never backs down. And he is just a juggernaut of this movie. He, he, I think he's the reason why Batman Begins is so good because it's the villain. And it's a villain that we really don't are introduced to a lot in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Roz in the comics, huge, but Roz in the movies, not as huge. And it's, it's great to see the, the background to Batman other than, Losing his parents, brooding for 25 years, becoming Batman. No, he went to train. And he trained under one of the most deadliest assassins of all time. It definitely brings a uh, more mystical feel to Batman because I didn't know about Raja Ghoul until, uh, well, I guess I kind of knew about him a little bit, but I didn't know about him fully and understood how he impacted Batman until probably when. I started going to the comic book store with you, which was like 2010, 2011. Yeah. So, you know, that's when I fully understood how he impacted Batman and knowing Batman's rogue gallery, it is kind of, um, out of, uh, his wheelhouse to have such a villain as Raja Ghul. I feel like he's such, he's almost like the antithesis to Batman. You know, he shows yeah. his face. He's all about de-establishing the, the status norm, the norm, the uh, status quo, just destruction, chaos, sort of like the Joker a little bit, but he's a little bit, he's not as unhinged unless he's gone through the uh, Lazarus pits. So we have a villain that is, and you know, that's how most superhero movies are. It's always the antithesis to the hero. And so... This movie is so good. Would I say it's one of the best superhero origin movies? I would say so because it's because the origin is so important, and it it doesn't feel like an origin. It the whole like the whole movie feels like an origin, not just like seventy five minutes. It's like oh he's an origin. Oh he's just Batman. No, this whole movie is him becoming the symbol, the importance of who Batman is. Yeah. And I still think like, I still think he's still growing into Batman when we reach the dark Knight. Well, actually let's talk about that. Cause there's actually a debate online about the timeline. Um, so, so uh, there's a Reddit uh, thread. Let me pull it up real quick. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. What is uh, six months after Batman Begins, right? Well, yeah, hold on. Um, there's a timeline somewhere. Because it's not, it's not specifically stated or um, confirmed. And this is from a Reddit post in uh, 2016. So this guy proposes that he thinks uh, Batman has 
he he's been fully Batman for three years in between Begins and Dark Knight Rises. Hmm. But there's um there's a quote in Dark Knight Rises that makes it seem like he's been Batman less than a year. Because Joker uh, implies it's been less than a year since Batman showed up. So people think that uh, it's within six months to nine months. But then there's um, that. Uh, then there's also a theory that they think it's five years. He's been Batman for five years because in Dark Knight Rises, when Raja Ghul shows up, he states he's been protecting Gotham for years. Hmm. But I don't know if there's an actual definite answer. It seems like most people believe that the timeline between Batman Begins and Dark Knight is about roughly a year, is what most people believe. That's kind of funny. Because if we think about regular Batman, he's been Batman for like, what, 100 years almost? Yeah, and Batman, and that's Batman. what. Yeah, I think that's what's so jarring about uh, finding out that even now it's still kind of weird when you find out that it's been eight years since Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight or in between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, it's been eight years. So, like it, to me, it's still jarring because if you think about it this way, he's been Batman from Batman Begins to Dark Knight for a full year. And then, so that's basically technically, that's technically Batman year one. Right. In a lot of and senses. Then he, and then he retires for eight years. Yeah. So it's like, okay. I, I don't I think know. That, that plays into the part of how Batman Begins feels the most real uh-huh. out of all the other movies because the stakes get higher. And that's something I want to talk about in uh, Dark Knight when, uh, the jo- when uh, Gordon mentions Escalation. And escalation is like an important part of Batman, uh, Gotham City, and superheroes in general. But the the actual plot to destroy Gotham and Batman Begins seems to be the most realistic out of all the other movies. And I think I like yeah. that a lot. You know, putting a, a hallucinogenic that's an that's uh needs to be oxidized into the water water supply getting a microwave emitter, activating it on the trains so it hits all the water supply in the entire uh, Gotham City, blowing it, making everyone go nuts. Chaos. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And then it gets crazier from there. Do you think Dark Knight Rises uh, is a good... um, How am I going to ask this question to you? Because as I'm thinking about it, do you think it's it comes full circle in Dark Knight Rises from Batman Begins? There's a lot of there's a lot of rewatching I wanted to do to see if he, Nolan did any because you know he he he's all about that stuff you know backtracking uh, cyclical meanings and time. Uh, I just that's not one of the things I was. I was looking for, I guess, on my on this rewatch. I think I was what I was trying to do is: is this movie enjoyable? Um, does it have some of the story beats and tone beats as the other three, as the other two? And how? Why is this? Why did I not think this movie was as good as the other two? And I mean, I could tell you why, 
they're def- it's definitely not as good. But I can tell you why I also enjoyed it more than I did years ago. Okay, how about this then? Do you think it's a good tie-up to this trilogy? So I think it's a good ending. Because you have to to end it. And so the the ending is good. Even even if they had... like Nolan didn't have to name John Blake freaking Robin, okay? Does that still bother you? It kind of does. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be there. Because the whole point is that Batman can be anybody. That is like the whole, it's a symbol. Uh-huh. So kind of like the nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Oh, it's Robin. He wasn't, John Blake was an important character because he was driven. You know, he didn't give up. He, he is very similar. He's, you know, he's similar to Batman. He's an orphan, you know, all his life. He's, it's all him. And he didn't need to be Robin. I think it might have been a little bit more powerful if it was uh-huh. just him. Still bothers me. You should go apparently, by your, your legal name. Robin. Robin. Apparently there's a rumor that, like, this was when Christian Bale was a little un- unsettling on, on sets and stuff because of how, you know, he would put himself into his work. So there's like a rumor, or there was a rumor online, or somehow it traveled that uh, Robin was actually supposed to have more of a presence in this movie, uh, helping hmm. him. But Christian Bale didn't like that, so they renegotiated and restructured the thing. And I think also the untimely death of Heath Ledger uh, might have impacted well, all, what he was trying to do. Well, all Heath Ledger's parts were all done after before he died. That was for Dark Knight. Yeah. Are you talking so about probably for Rise? Apparently, you know, he wanted to incorporate him more into that story. I think when oh, okay. he knew it was going to be a trilogy. But I think that's you can't really say because that happened way too fast, way too close after they finished Dark Knight. So, and I I don't find traces of that anywhere. I know that they wanted to have a character remember that they, they said that there was a scene that was taken out of the script where you were going to see him in do you remember that rumor i don't where he's in the suit robin suit no he's in blackgate joker oh yes i do remember that he was supposed to have like i think there's a deleted scene where bane walks by the joker's door and bane goes not true or something like that something funny like a, yeah, like that a was, wink wink. Yeah, it was something exactly like that or close to it that uh, was supposed to happen. I'll tell you why the Dark Knight's so effective. It's because it makes you care about every single character. And there's not too many characters, which I think is the reason why Rises kind of falters a little bit. So you got, you got your three mains. You got Harvey Dent, you got Joker, mm-hmm. and you got Batman. And the Joker has a ton of screen time. It's ridiculous how much screen time he has without Batman. So that right there, you have so much is on the Joker, so much is on Harvey Dent, so much is on Batman. You care about these characters. When I get to Rises, it's not the same emphasis on Bane. And you you have the little Talia thing. So you don't care about Talia's path 
Because if it was like Harvey Dent's path, where you cared about Harvey Dent cleaning up Gotham, you care about him and Rachel, you care about him being the Shining Knight of Gotham, and then you care about, you care, and you don't want him to fall down the path that the Joker has set him on. And so when you get to Rises and you see Talia, you're like, oh, Talia, who's this? Uh, I mean, uh, what's her name? Miranda. You see Miranda, she's trying to help Bruce out, yada, yada, yada. She's not there enough for me to care. So the twist, yes, the, she, twist the twist isn't effective. So that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about was that twist not being effective, because I agree. Um, but what I meant by coming full circle in the sense of, you know, Raja Ghoul being, starting it out and mm-hmm. then ending it almost with the same legacy of Raja Ghoul. I, I did like that. I did like the fact how it's still the League of Shadows trying to take down Gotham because they were they were thwarted by Batman and I and they like hold a grudge which is kind of funny for an organization that is so much more bigger than Gotham. They're still focusing yeah. on Gotham because of Batman. And I, I, I like that. It's sort of like Indiana Jones, the first three. Yeah, because the, the third, even though the middle one's technically a, a sequel a prequel. or a prequel. Yeah. yeah. And I just recently watched all those too. And I, I'm telling you, dude, I think if you watch <laughs> all of them together, Crystal Skull is way better than people say or give, you know, cut it some slack. Well, that's I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to lie. The refrigerator scene, I love it. I don't care. <laughs> it's good stuff, I, don't care. I love it. Who cares? Like, Crystal Skull. All Look, of Crystal Skull is good Kate stuff. Ben, she got what it was coming for her. You look into alien stuff, eye to eye, you're going to get your face exactly. melting. Okay? You're going to get your face melting. And exactly. red ants, you deserve to die. You and you were in their their anthills, like exactly. Swim, they monkey swimming from vines, like it's all fun stuff. Like who, like I guarantee, it's the most kid friendly. Okay, so exactly, what's her name in the first movie? Uh, um, Marion. Marion. She's obsessed with the monkey. Okay, her son swings with the monkeys. It, it, <laughs> it comes full circle. It comes full circle. Everyone's got to grow up and evolve, and that's what happened. And. Uh, there was another thing. I went, oh, it just they just released info that the Russians were trying to uh, the KGB were trying to do uh, telepathic things. Yeah, I saw that. Trying to study that. Boom. Crystal Skull, Kate Blanchett. George, George Lucas, ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. He, or or he's in the CIA. So we already knew. <laughs> <laughs> him, and, him and Steven Spielberg did what Indiana Jones did. He yeah. was part of the cia and did missions and whatever else he was doing they're still doing it that's why he had to give up star wars he couldn't do two things at once (laughs) (laughs) he's he's collecting info for the cia yeah yeah uh but anyway like let's talk about this twist um it's not it's not effective let's get that number one not number one not effective and i think the problem is and this is what i brought up earlier uh when i texted you was it yesterday i think it was yesterday the build-up, because they build Bane up the entire movie with no no inkling of anyone being in charge or or anything else. It's like it's all building up Bane as the villain. It's like like you know, Bane. Uh, it's almost sets up like Bane gets out of the thing. And look, I, I see what he was trying to do, and I respect what he's trying to do. And I think it could have worked if he would have structured the movie a little different. Yeah, or if it's, he it's weird. If, if it was clear what his motive was, I don't think I was ever clear on what Bane was trying to do until the end of the movie, where exactly. we, we know 
the League of Shadows wants to tear down Gotham. We know Joker wants to add some chaos to Gotham, terrorize Gotham. But like, really, truthfully, it's hard to understand Bane's clear motive. And me and Ronnie were just talking about this yesterday too. Like, uh, as I was rewatching it, when okay, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. Let's let's talk about this build up real quick because. Throughout the entire movie, it, Bane is this smart, intelligent villain who is one step ahead of Batman the entire time. Yes. Except for when the cops go after Batman and leave Bane to drive off. I was like, that is so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Well, you remember that when I told you? Remember when I told you, you got to watch this movie from like a camp point of view? Yeah. And I think it worked. You think it I was worked? Like, I think it worked a little bit. I was like, you know what? I see what they're thinking. Like when when um, when Gordon sent the cops down all into the tunnels, I was like, you know what? That would be. He's thinking like a wartime cop. He's thinking like it's still the Joker out out there. So he's yeah. not going to have anyone not working on this project. So I was like, you know, I I did like the wartime peacetime. We're getting rid of Gordon. He's Canon Gordon. You can't have a a war guy in peacetime or something like that. I was, I was like, I was like, oh, I like that. I like that dialogue right there. Cause it's, it's, it's like hinting at what's going to happen in this movie. It's, it's going to be a war. And yeah, but you know, that's like all the league of shadows does. It's all misdirection. Oh, you think, you think Bane, you think Bane was our big guy. Oh, Talia's over here. Talia's over her. here. It was, it was her the whole time. It was Look her. Hell yeah. And I think I don't think it works because we're expecting. We're expecting it, and we just there's not enough there. Do you if, think we're expecting it? Because I, I I don't I remember. Think just, I think it's I don't, too quick. I don't well, just remember. Just on a rewatch in the theater. Do you remember? Like oh. Like the twist, I was like, "Was it really? Wasn't was a twist?" Because you know what? I think the internet already, already unveiled it. I think they already did. I I don't remember. I think seeing it in the theaters, I think I was a little uh, jarred by it because it was like out of nowhere. But I mean, in, in a way, you kind of sense that what's her name is bad because she's hardly in the movie. Right. I don't think she has enough screen time. Like a betrayal from Rachel would be devastating because de- she has been Bruce's lifelong friend yeah. forever. And we see that in the movie. There's evidence. So if Rachel ever betrayed Batman, Bruce Wayne, we would be like, well, holy shit. Yeah, that, is le- the, that is legit. To go back to what you said about caring about the characters like and they did in Dark Knight, and you brought up Miranda because of her screen time and not really showing her what she was actually trying to do. Right. Um, you don't get a sense of, you, you don't care for her character. You don't care. That, I think that's why you also don't care for the twist. Right. Also, was- also the way the movie builds up to it. Like, as I was saying, like it builds up Bane, the entire movie as is if he's the biggest fight of Batman's life. And then the twist happens and you're supposed to be like, okay, now bat now Bane is the, in the backseat and he's the, he's the big muscle while she's actually the ringleader and she's Batman's main focus uh, or main problem. But it's like, if you would have built up to that moment 
if you would have made us care about Talia more, if you maybe in the beginning of the movie, they should have teased the little girl or the little kid coming out of the hole. That should have been the start of the movie. Or somehow Miranda needed to be in Dark Knight somehow. She maybe. she needed she needed to be a part of Bruce's life before all this. Like the long the longest con type of thing. Yeah. For me to for me to care about Miranda helping out Bruce, Bruce Enterprise Wayne Wayne Enterprises, she needs to be there all the time like Rachel was. But he, she's not, and I don't care. I only care about Catwoman. Anne Hathaway, she's the main character of this movie, okay? That's all I yeah. care about. <laughs> Is Anne Hathaway? The, the skin's high suit, the cat ears, the motorcycle, best parts of the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will think, say I, that Yeah. I, I also don't really care about her character in this either. I think it's just hard because... And, and the, the only thing I keep coming back to to relate to is how Batman villains and Spider-Man villains are kind of the same, where you sympathize with them. And I mm-hmm. think this movie tries to do it. But I think the we, sway, they, they try to do it with Bane, them thinking it's Bane. So you're thinking you're going to th- sympathize with Bane. You're like, yeah, he crawled out of the darkness. He, hmm. uh, you well, know, you he don't. Did th- but you don't, you don't because... You don't sympathize you don't. with Bane. And you don't even you know, really sympathize with uh, the Joker, but the Joker is such is a train wreck, and so you can't look away. Well, yeah. Well, and he's and he's in control. We like people who are in control. I think what it is is Joker always has a mystique to him, so he works. He doesn't need a the, you to sympathize with him. We don't know who's who really is. We don't know what his motives are. Can I All say it's refreshing? Is, go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The only thing I was going to say is you don't really need to sympathize with him because you know you know he falls in the tub of acid or whatever, and he comes out and he's just crazier than he was before as a regular like uh, you know criminal. You know he's a regular criminal, and then he becomes like almost a crime crime lord who uh, wants to be Batman's equal, or he sees Batman as his equal, so he messes with him and all that jazz. We get it from that point. I do love the fact that we don't see his origin story in Dark Knight. He's just there. And I think that's awesome. But Bane. Don't really care about Bane, really. (laughs) There's just something about Bane I just don't care about. And the same with Raja Ghul as a character. He's just power hungry. He wants to to be powerful. He he wants to... um, But I do care about Raz. I do care about Roz. You care about him because he works the way the well, character works. Well, like, because he's a part of Bruce's life, though. He's an integral yeah. part of his life. And this, the scene in the prison is pretty powerful because it helps Bruce regain his hope. Without that, I don't think he would have gotten out of the prison. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like another in a inadvert way that Ra's al Ghul is inadvertently helping Batman when he's not supposed to help Batman. He's giving he's strength. Also, yeah. Right. He's giving strength to the hero when he's trying to put the hero down, which villains do that all the time. They're dumb. How can you be so dumb villains? So but like dumb. I was saying with Batman and Superman villains, you always see their origin. You always know that 
what the the person means well. Like with the lizard or man bat or uh you know, who's another one? Um that, that kinda gets you know he means well, but Doc Ock, you know, in Spider Man two, like yeah. you, you learn to sympathize with the villain first. And then so that turn you're like, there's good in them. You know, you understand what they're doing, but they're just going crazy. So it like something about that formula works. And this, I think they tried to do it, but the whole movie, you're thinking it's Bane, and then it it just they twist it, and then you're just like, oh, okay. that is that is a neat uh, thing that uh, probably the only sympathetic villain in the entire trilogy is Harvey Dent because you know what he's gone through. You know, he's lost Rachel. Exactly. He's lost everything. And all the other villains are just unreproachable. You would never want to have beer with them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They're just not, they're not, they're not fun. And the best thing about Spider-Man is, you know, Doc Ock, in the end, saved everyone. Because he yeah. knew what he did. He, what he, knew, he knew what he did was wrong. There's a lesson to be learned. And I think in Batman... The lesson to be learned is how Batman takes care of each situation. I think that's the difference. But I just think if they would have started off this movie, maybe with the kid crawling out of the pit, you know, with that music, I will say this go around, I got to really appreciate the music more. Oh, the music's fantastic. Yeah. I will say as a whole, I enjoyed watching it more than I did last time I rewatched it. I think I because did too. I, but I think it's also because I, I watched Batman Begins and Dark Knight this year. You know, you watched them all close to, closer together. I watched them like months apart, but still, you know, kind of recent. I think Dark Knight's a perfect movie. I really? Think, I couldn't. There's only a couple things that get me, and it's just tone of how the characters say things, but that doesn't really affect it. But I think it's one of those perfect movies. There's. I used to think, and this was back in the day when I saw the movie like three times in a row uh, in theaters. I was part of two of those. Yeah, those are those are great times. <laughs> and the so I I broke up the movie into three parts, and I always feel like the third part of the movie is the weakest because there's a really? lot of sh- there's a lot of shit that happens in this movie. I didn't realize how much shit. But you, I get to the halfway mark, it already feels like I watched a whole movie. And that's impressive because it doesn't feel like I watched a whole movie. But it feels like so much stuff has happened that it's, it's enough to fill a whole movie. And it's only halfway through. It's a long movie. It's probably why I of, fell asleep the second time I saw it in theaters. <laughs> and a lot of stuff happens. But I always felt like when we get to the ferries in Gotham uh, Harbor, I felt mm-hmm. it was the weakest but it's, yeah, it, the most in, the most intense part is when they uh, do that switch with Gordon to capture Joker. Like that's uh, the best part of the whole movie. It's amazing. The funny thing is, the Joker's like, "Do I look like a guy that has a plan?" And then, but after you know, if you go back, if yeah, he has a plan. He d- he does have a plan because all these barrels full of explosive stuff have got a that's a that's a plan. Like, don't give me that, that bullshit. You're a liar. You're a filthy don't liar. Bullshit. Yeah, don't, don't bullshit, bullshit me. Us. But when I watched it again. The most important part of the movie is the Harvey Dent, Batman, Gordon part. And uh, it, it hit a little harder. You know, have that self-sacrifice. Batman's like, you know, I'll, 
I'll take it on. I'll be the Dark Knight. You know, it wasn't like that, but that's what it was basically about. Okay, and, so transition to Dark Knight Rises, and it's eight years later, knowing right. he's only been Batman for about a year or a year and a half. I mean, do you get? I mean, if you were really Batman, the toll on your body. There's no way somebody does that for decades. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So realistic, yes. Superhero realistic. No, you want Batman to be up in there crime fighting for years. I'll but tell you one just, thing just ain't I still, One thing I still dislike about Dark Knight Rises is the opening. Um, I, are, I think I already stated that I don't like the eight years uh, difference. Um, I do think the movie show started out differently. Um, you, don't like the air, you don't like the airplane part. No, I think it's That's just fe- a mindless. It's-, it's just a mindless stunt to set up nothing. Okay, tell me why. This is my opinion. This is just my opinion. Why do they need the doctor to change it to a bomb? Because no one else can do it. You're telling me Fox can't do it? Nah. Didn't he invent the thing? He and I don't think he invented it. I don't think he built it. But he but knows know- how to, he knows how to replace it. I think that's what it was. He knows how to replace the reactor core. Yeah, because doesn't he do it at the end? No, it blows up at the end. Oh, that's right. Remember just, Batman? Batman dies. I just feel like the whole opening to get the doctor is pointless. Why wasn't the doctor just on their team anyway? Because he didn't. It didn't matter to show that. Like it's. I just think it's a dumb stunt. Just and and the dialogue, in my opinion, is just god awful. In that opening scene, the dialogue, I still hate the dialogue. Why would, why would you shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane? <laughs> like, okay. It's a little much, but it I think just, people, yeah. I think it's, it's like a majority of people love that scene. But still, I, I, I mean, I had to listen very carefully. I had to like read, watch with subtitles. I had to. You know, I was I was like picking apart the scene. I was like, "What is this scene trying to tell me?" And I guess it's they're just trying to make it look like the doctor's dead. And I guess yeah. that's it. That's the whole point is to make it look like the doctor's dead. But but here's my one issue: is like they don't build up the doctor. They don't make the doctor seem like important at all. Um, it's just that right as it opens, the guy's like, "Hey, we got the doctor." Um, by the way, we also have the masked mercenary. And they're like, Bane, bring him on board. Like, I don't know. It's just everything just seems so convenient. And everyone else just doesn't recognize how convenient it is. You know? It's, it's campy. <laughs> it's pretty convenient. Like, don't get me wrong. That stunt in the beginning with the planes and all that is great. Gorgeous. It's cool looking. But it doesn't. It, it just doesn't need to be there. You don't need to kidnap. We don't need to see you kidnap this doctor. Okay. Re kidnap because you already okay. have him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You already have. Yeah. Him. You already have him. So why do you have him. to re? Why do you have to re kidnap the doctor? I don't get it. Why do you have to re kidnap him? I think it's overly it, complicated. The movie. Exactly, because like we don't know why they need the doctor, and the doctor doesn't show up again. Until he resets the bomb, and then he kills him. Yeah, and in uh, Pittsburgh, Heinz Heinz Field Stadium. Yeah, yeah, Heinz Stadium. Heinz Stadium. That's it. 
that's the only time we ever see the doctor after that. You know how long that is into the movie? That's like an hour into the movie when we see the doctor again. I think it's longer than that, man. Really? I think it is. I think it is. He doesn't. That movie's like two hours and some change. Two hours and forty four minutes. Yeah. So you you don't see like I think you don't see him. I think it's more the middle or near the end almost because like an hour fifteen or something. Hour hour thirty even. Like, okay. So did you ever see Under Siege two? No. With Steven Seagal. (laughs) Go on. Okay. I may, I may have. Okay, may here's have. a better example. Here's a better example. Die Hard. Okay. Okay. You know the guy with smoking a cigarette who does all the tech? He t- kind of takes over like the tech when they get to Nakatomi Plaza. The quarterback is toast. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Why wasn't the doctor just equivalent to that? Why did he have to be so important and then disappear and then show up again just to, just to do one thing and then die? He could have just been that... <laughs> that guy from Die Hard that was part of the mercenary team the whole time. So what do you, what do you think about the Batman suit? I felt like the Batman suit out of the trilogy, I think this one was my favorite. Out of the trilogy? Out of the trilogy. I think when I rewatched Batman Begins, I recognized the suit as being, I don't want to say terrible, but it, it wasn't as good as I remember it being. Because you notice the issue with the neck and not being mm-hmm. able to move the neck. Um, Which is terrible. It's a terrible design. It's a terrible design. Like, it's a terrible know. design. It's a terrible So if they would have had, yeah, if they would have had the mask in this one, if they would have had the mask in this one on Batman Begins, the bodysuit, I think that would be a, a beautiful Batman suit. I, d- I just love how it looks like a swirling pattern. It has like this... It's like a tribal esque mm-hmm. suit. I, I thought I really dug it because it, it was very mobile. He was fast. The punches, I love how they always record the punches as these deep hits. Um, let's see. I, I love the. Miss, uh, I miss the yellow belt. <laughs> I do. Not gonna lie. I do, how, I do feel like this movie played upon Gordon's. Thing of escalation, how, and I think that's what um, Christopher Nolan was trying to do: make an actual superhero comic book movie, where the other two movies are grounded in realism. You know, you deal you deal with fear, and, and then you deal with terrorism, which is real. You deal with, and then you deal with this one, which is m- trying to go crazier than your first two movies. Where do you go when your stakes in the second movie were pretty damn high? You know it. Yeah, yeah, I would say the, the stakes of the second movie were pretty damn high. So you just got to go higher, blow up a stadium, bring in the nuke. You know what I'm saying? And so, and, go, and, and the it's second too much. it's a little too much, but I think, I think that's, I mean, what else are you going to do for Batman? So I think, I think I get what you're saying about the stakes of this movie are comic booky. So in the but second movie. But I think movie, Batman or, Begins is more, just, it just feels more Batman esque to me. Still wish he was the world's greatest detective, but he did so show some of those signs. When uh, I think Gordon says, in the first two, he does. This one, I don't really think I don't get the detective work in this one. Gordon has a line that says, uh, 
I think it's it's either at the end of Batman Begins or it's in Dark Knight where he talks about escalation, where we you know if we wear armor, the villains bring armor piercing rounds type of thing, and I think that's like the theme of the trilogy is just ramping up, and then you get to Dark Knight Rises and it's exponential. It's kind of it's kind of goofy, crazy how the stakes are, what everything uh-huh. is going on, and what Batman goes through. It's how Blake instantly knows Bruce Wayne is Batman because they're both orphans. I mean, it's all ridiculousness. Well, honestly, I mean, if Bruce Wayne shows up at a party eight years after staying inside and all of a sudden a few days later, uh, Batman shows up out of the blue again, I think you can probably put two to two together. In my opinion. You think it's that simple? Yeah. I do. Also, uh, I wanted to mention seeing those Pete Home Batman videos and then watching this, you never look at Batman the same. You never look at the Christian Bale Batman the same. It really seals in the flavor. <laughs> it's not a car. It's a, it's the, is it a helicopter? Uh, those Pete Holmes Batman movies. I do. Um, one of my favorite things about the movie is uh, Bane using Batman's tech against him when he goes to the applied sciences and Wayne Enterprises. I thought that was really neat. Well, that's a whole other thing. It's like they, they, I think the whole time they know that Bruce is Batman. I think the whole time they understand where his tech is coming from. I think the whole time they know that Fox is smart. That's why I don't understand the whole doctor thing in the beginning. I think it's mindless. And also another thing I wanted to bring up, because you mentioned the dialogue in the second one seems the same tone. I get that for all Christopher Nolan movies, that the dialogue we're, we're is not, always we're the not same here, tone. We're not here to fight about Christopher Nolan movies, okay? We're here to talk what? about Dark Knight Rises. This is a Christopher Nolan movie, so I'm going to state it. All the dialogue, all these movie, all of his movies is the same flat tone um, read out. And um, then all... Objection. Look, no, Ob- look, all the dialogue to me in his movies look, run together. They all run together. Listen to what you're saying. It feels the okay? same. It all feels no, the same. No, the dialogue all feels the same. I disagree. His movies have the same uh, camera work, the same camera angles. Well, you know, when you have it an all award, feels the same. When you have an award winning cinematographer on your damn fucking team, you, you're going to use them. For what movie? All of them. They're all award-winning. Because in my heart, they win all the awards. Well, all of them can't win the awards. Awards. See, you got me tongue-tied now. Yeah. Yeah. Fire and ice. (laughs) You know what, though? People love them movies. I think there's inklings uh, to change the topic so we don't keep going back and forth on Christopher Nolan's uh, same dialogue. Or, uh, uh, or maybe it's you know his uh, <laughs> his way he makes his movies. That's just part signature. of his thing. Just like how Quentin Tarantino loves beating on women in his movies. You know, it's just his thing. There's no emotion to his dialogue when he directs. What are you talking okay? about? There's Look, no Matthew emotion. Mc- Matthew McConaughey cries his eyes out because he sees his daughter growing before his eyes and Interstellar. That's drama. Okay. Is that drama? Because the entire the, the whole beginning of that movie is god awful. When he goes to 
when the thing lands and he's just like, okay, I'm going to go to the base or whatever. He gets in. They just let him in the space. They don't care. And they do uh, care. He instantly starts him. talking. To, and then they instantly are like, by the way, we need you for this thing. What the hell? What the hell? Like, I, you need to rewatch Interstellar because it's Take fantastic. two Interstellar. Okay. Take two Take Interstellar. Fuck yeah, I'll do it. All right, it's one, we're doing favorite, it. it's one of my favorite movies of all time. We're doing a take two Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Dark Knight. Okay, I I will say that I enjoyed it more this go around. I think I think it because I'm just my expectations. I don't have my my you know my younger self was like. Oh, Batman! Dark Knight was the best movie ever. I love Batman. I love Dark Knight. It was so cool. Joker, yeah. And then I was like, Bane, yeah. Nightfall, break his back, yeah. Bane is just as smart and stronger than Batman. This is gonna be great. And it oh, wasn't no, Talia, great. No, cool. <laughs> oh no, Talia. And it wasn't that great. Just, like I don't know. I just feel like that should have been a a build a better build up. Um. There are some very Batman-esque moments in this movie, like uh, when him and Catwoman are fighting in a thing. Uh, he does some cool Batman things. Uh, other than that, I think it, it loses kind of the ideal of Batman, um, in my opinion, because it, 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 it's like he was like, okay, I'll do some Batman things, but the entire movie won't be Batman relatable, if that makes sense to anybody. To me, I, I, I'm trying to relay it, and I, I can't fully uh, explain what I mean. But it's like you go from Batman Begins, which is very Batman-esque. Um, you go from Dark Knight, which is, uh, you know, he's kind of in the suit a lot, so he feels more Batman-like. And in this one, I feel it doesn't feel like he touches on... Uh, the whole Batman thing. I do think the one of the cooler parts is when he shows up in this one. I just wish that was a better build up as well as him coming back as Batman. I don't know. I think I think the whole thing was him having a death wish as Batman. Yeah, I I, I get that. And then I mean, obviously, they t- Michael Caine brings it up the whole first half of the movie. You know, I found you. Uh, I didn't get that feeling. I felt it was pretty Batman-y. Almost in line with the over-the-top Batman movies from the 90s and 80s. And Was there a lot of Batman movies in the 90s? There was a lot of Batman movies in the 90s. There was three or four. Three. There was three. Unless you count no. 1989 as the 90s. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Um, I, I, I had no problem seeing it as a batman movie. So, I'm going to ask you this. Out of this go-around, what were three things you really enjoyed this time with rewatch, and what are three things that you still disliked or found you disliked? Well, let's get the dislikes. Let's get the dicks lost. Dislikes right out of the way. So John dick Blake. likes the dick likes. All right. The dick likes. Let's get, <laughs> let's get John Blake out of there. 
I don't need him to be Robin. He was great as a single character, hothead, who was a foil for Gordon, who tried to be, you know, he, he's almost like a pseudo Harvey Dent. Like, this guy's incorruptible. He's just a rookie. So I liked it. This is the kind of symbol you want to be the next Batman, kind of setting up, kind of open-ended. Dark Knight Rises, maybe there could be a fourth movie, but there's definitely not going to be a fourth movie, but it's all about the hope of being a Batman and the symbol could have done without being Robin. You will never probably, I will probably never like that part ever in my entire life. Um, the tone, I don't think some parts of this movie fit. There's just a tone to it that doesn't really feel the twist. I guess I can say the twist. That's the part of the tone I'm talking about where I don't care. Uh, Talia wasn't important. Um, Bane is... I wish his motives were clearer. So everything else, just, I would say those two were the biggest I could. Like the twist, Bane, Talia, and then Robin. But what I did like this time around, I did like there's some dialogue about war and peace. And I really dug that as a theme for this movie. Um, hope, one of those themes of overcoming your fears, um, overcoming despair. I really like that. Catwoman, I think, was fantastic. Uh, I'm a big fan of Catwoman. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's a boo. Uh, you can't beat her. And Hathaway did a great job, though. And, oh, you know what I did not like that I did not mention was too many love interests for Bruce Wayne. Too many. I think Pick so. one. Pick one, Bruce. Yeah, at first it's, first it's kind of Catwoman, then it's Miranda, then it's Catwoman, then it's Miranda. Well, what I, I think happens is because you don't see a lot of Batman and Catwoman, when you do, they're kind of just fighting together. So I don't really see a buildup to a relationship there. I feel like it's kind of forced. Like, and honestly, the Talia uh, Al Ghul thing in him is really forced as well. Nah, man. Um, when you when you lose when a billionaire loses all that money, they need to get fucked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get, that's, that's, that's what the they need. Way, that's the only way to overcome the grief of never getting that money back. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, you Eat the what? rich. Eat the rich, baby. Eat the rich. That's all I gotta all say. Right. There you go. <laughs> We're turning into political. Hello and welcome to Political Twenty Twenty, Politico Twenty Twenty with Chris Hawk and Mario Bakari. Stay inside. Stop Stay protesting. Inside. Stop protesting. Liberate this dick. Um, oh. <laughs> what? The. Uh, the bat, the flying bat, was neat. It's a, it's over the top. This movie's over the top. So if if I think if you watch it in that vein, I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. And and that's what I did. I was like, this movie's gonna be over the top. I guess I'm just gonna be like with it. I'm gonna be with it in the moment. I enjoyed it. Speaking of Catwoman, I also want to say when I'm speaking about sympathizing with villains in Dark Knight Returns, you sympathize with Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. In this. They don't really give you time to sympathize with her, so I feel like it's kind of she's just there. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Too many, too many moving pieces. Not enough. I think that's yeah. I think that's one of my dislikes is there's too many little plot threads in there 
they're trying to do. So I think the transitions also are bad when it goes back to one other thing because there's that part where um, once uh, Blake finds Gordon at the end of the um, the sewer, it almost transitions. I think it does. It just transitions right to him talking to Bruce about the orphanage. And I'm like, okay, now we're back on him wanting to know about the orphanage and then him kind of hinting that he knows he's Batman. When we just saw Gordon get pulled out of the sewer, it's like they're having him in too many different threads of this movie. So I thought the transitions between the plot threads were, was a little weak. Um, you know I think that... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the other thing I disliked uh, is the build-up towards the twist. I think it's lackluster because they focus too much on Bane and building Bane up as as the main villain and, and focusing too much on him being uh, one step ahead of Batman to find out that he's just a bodyguard. And it's... it's uh, I don't know. I, I just don't like it. And I think the Lady third Shadow. thing... League of Shadows, whatever. I mean, he gets roasted by Catwoman, though, so Keanu gets his just desserts. Keanu? Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I think you said Keanu. What? No. No. No? No. Oh. I said he, he gets his just desserts, so he gets what's coming to him. I don't know why I heard Keanu. Because you're thinking of that John Wick 4. No, I'm not. Bill and Ted. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I think the other part I dislike is I'm just not a fan of Christopher Nolan's uh, dialogue. I'm not a fan of the way he sets the tone of the movies with the dialogue. It's just it's just all one emotion. It seems like. Um. One of the other things I dislike is the doctor. I just think that he's pointless. It makes the whole beginning pointless. And uh, the things I really like this go around are um, I like how they make Bane look super menacing. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the parts when he's menacing more than when he's actually like in charge like be, looking like when he has the fur coat on i just don't dig it but when he's got the coat off and you see his shoulders and you see tom hardy's muscles and like they show the close-up of his back and he's walking towards batman or he's uh anything like that i just, I think they i like the parts where they make bane look menacing um the other part i like is I tell you what part I don't like is when he puts on the knee brace and he kicks the the brick wall. Were you talking, Mario? Have you never worn a knee brace before? That's what have instantly you, happens. He ever kicked a brick wall? Your foot yeah, bro. hurts. No, he no, break the, his foot still. Look, look, you don't understand. Brick wall gives you like plus fifty percent bone increased density, so you yeah, can kick look, brick walls. Like it, it makes you stronger. Might, how, it makes you stronger. How? how? Because you still have a, bones in your foot. It's a mythical item, Mario. Did it's the knee magic. brace? It's magic. Did the knee brace make what, his what foot bones? You, look, what don't you understand? When you, put, when you put on the knee brace, you become invincible. 
They didn't care who I was until I put on the knee brace. Okay. I guess I can get momentum and force, but you also have to put into effect that the person is also got foot bones. What if it's just asbestos? He got bones in his foot. As, what if it's just asbestos bricks? All right, they're easily broken. Okay, bricks yeah. made out of asbestos. All right. I really dug the music in this movie. That's another like. And the third like is Catwoman. Yeah, because she's the best. She's the best. She's the, the best. Suit. The ears, you know, getting on the motorcycle. It's the best. So what do you think about the ending? What? You think you think it's in Alfred's mind or you think it's legit? I think it's legit. I think he You just, think so? I think he just wanted to surprise Alfred. I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? This could be one of them fake outs that Christopher Nolan does. Be like, nah, just having it in his head, making him feel better. One last thing I wanted to ask you. Because I was thinking about this the entire time. We all recognize as Batman being super duper smart, right? Mm-hmm. He's like the smartest superhero. One the of the smart, smartest superheroes. No, no one is. No one is smarter. Do you feel like he's actually smart in any of these movies? Yeah. Because I don't get that sense at all that he's like that genius that we always thought Bruce Wayne was. I wouldn't say genius, but prepared preparedness. That's what like he's he's never classified as the world's smartest man but that the world's greatest detective so he's because he's always prepared and in these movies he always has someone to help him the only person he actually out prepares or beats well he doesn't even out prepare him he just beats him is uh raja ghoul he beats the he beats the the joker does he beat the joker but who helps him box helps him i mean when you, Batman gets help from everyone, you know, Oracle, Robin, Alfred, everyone is part of his system. I just want Batman to be a step ahead. I feel like when he in these movies, in the Dark Knight trilogy, he's not a step ahead. I think he just overcomes, uh, but he's not that smart Bruce Wayne know. or I smart think, Batman that I always picture. I mean, that's that's an unreasonable though because he's overly smart in comic books like it's almost impossibly smart how smart he is in the comic books well here's my thing because batman and spider-man i think are always going to be talked about together in the sense of their rogue gallery right and the way spider-man figures out how to beat his villains is always like a a haha type of thing you know uh it's like a rising to the occasion by outsmarting your villain. And I always dug that. And I always thought Batman was the equivalent of that, except he was, like you said, prepared. So even though it would seem like he's about to be defeated, he's like, well, guess what? I prepared for this. And I always dug that. And I mean, he does it, he does it in Batman really... Begins. Like when he gets hit with this fear serum by uh, Scarecrow, he already has like uh, a serum to save Rachel. And then he he uses the bats to get out in case the cops get him. He let's see. Well, that was that's why that one feels the more more Batman to me is like he's also learning in that one because he's just become Batman. So you get to see him learn how he pre- becomes prepared in Dark Knight. I guess because he's still 
one year into Batman, he's still learning, like you can say. But in Dark Knight Rises, I, I don't feel like he was prepared. I don't feel like he's the Batman I, I usually think about. Because he's because he's out he, like Bane is built up to be this outsmarting like out he outsmarts Batman and Bruce Wayne and, and I mean uh, he he technically outsmarts Talia and Bane with the uh, microwave emitter uh, disruptor with Gordon he uh, fixes the autopilot so he's not unresourceful I mean he did it himself he fixed the autopilot he got Gordon to stop the uh, explosion so. He's in there being Batman. I guess so. I guess I'd have to take another rewatch in a year's time. <laughs> uh, if you had to, <laughs> if you had to say, like, what is your green scale again, Chris Hawk? It's uh... I would say, I mean, it's 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 got to be a must watch because if you if you watch Batman Begins, you watch Dark Knight, you're not not gonna watch Dark Knight Rises. But would I go out of my way to watch this movie? I don't think so. Unless we're doing this, it's not. I'm probably not going to watch it again until we do it next year. Do you think this Our, is the last time we watch this? Well, you think you don't think we're going to do it again? You just said it's not a. It's not a go out of your way to watch if to watch it again. Unless we do it for the podcast. Oh, but I'm asking you right here, right now, live. Do you think we should do another episode on this? Or do you think we should do like... Uh, do you think it's going to change your mind if you watch it again? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. Because I mean, I, I went from being meh to actually kind of liking it this time around. Mm-hmm. Because I love Batman. I don't, I don't even remember what I rated it the first time because I haven't uh, re-listened to the episode. I never wrote it down. With the rewatch, I'd probably give it a seven out of ten, which is much higher than probably what I gave it when we watched it the first time or rewatched it the first time. Mm -hmm. I still have my issues, you know. I, I, um, but maybe I will be higher on the sequel trilogy if I rewatch them. You know, maybe this is a precursor to that. I'm telling you, just watch The Last Jedi and just end there. It's a good Star Wars, <laughs> great eight movies. I mean, you just can't yeah. beat it. You just can't beat it. Great eight. Exactly. You can't beat it. it yeah. You're just always going to be hopeful to what could come. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and The Rise of Skywalker is this fan fiction that somebody wrote and directed and tried to make it, <laughs> but it just it didn't work out. So, I mean, I'm hopeful for a ninth movie, Mario. I'm hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, um, everyone out there listening to Cinema 7 or listening to this episode, uh, it's cool to actually um, talk about something with Chris Hawk again and, and get in-depth with him and, and or just, just to talk on the podcast again in general about something or have a topic, you know. So I hope everyone's safe. I hope everyone is uh, being smart, um, you know, uh, it's it's a struggle for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are losing their jobs, and I really feel for them, and I, I hope they're okay. A lot of my friends lost their jobs uh, that were part-time and, and at Best Buy, and um, just a lot of things in general uh, that, um, that suck. 
you know, around this time frame. Um, I'm worried about a lot of loved ones. I'm worried about my friends. Uh, but I hope I know they're they're Chris Hawk's smart. Chris Hawk's gonna take care of his family. Chris Hawk's gonna do what he has to do to uh, protect his loved ones. I know that. Um, John, we haven't heard much of John lately. Uh, I'm sure he's doing the right thing. Uh, I just you think, you think right John's a, you think John's a doomsday prepper and he was prepared for this. <laughs> he's actually that's why we haven't heard from him. He's <laughs> right, the, right, right. He barely he's, gets he any of, service. He cut off all all communication, but he's still doing taxes for people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Sometimes I text him, and he's just like he gives me like a couple words or a sentence. Busy dude, man. Then, no one, no one is busier than yeah. John Kenoki. No one. And no I'm one. like, hey, what are you doing today? Want to play cockatrice with us? He goes, oh, sorry, man. We're doing raids on Thursdays and Fridays. I'm like, oh, stupid. We need wow. to do raids. We need to do raids again. On actually, what? Actually, beat the raid on uh, Ghost Recon. Yeah, we do. I'm trying to get Josh to buy Ghost Recon. I'm trying to get my PlayStation buddies to get Ghost Recon because I have it on PlayStation. Mm hmm. Yeah, Mario, you uh, rewatched uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Not yet. Oh, I don't own it, so I have to find a good source. And sometimes gotcha. with uh, the Fire Stick, as people know, and, and some of the apps or a website. I wish I could loan whatever. You mine. Whatever you I use, have it, I have it digitally. Oh, really? I'm telling you, dude. I'll find a good of- source eventually, and I'll rewatch it. It might be my new favorite sci-fi movie. Well, that was one of the movies we were very uncertain about when we saw it. Right, and I think it took me three years <laughs> to finally make a decision on it. We'll do a take two on Blade Runner 49. So There's so much there, too. There's just so much. And I'll write down notes and all that jazz for it. I don't know. Um, Chris Hawk, is there anything you want to say? I want to say stay inside, people. Don't, uh, it's, it's bad. It will, it will get worse before it gets bad. So mm-hmm. just be, look, this is the time being inside is precious. Now, sure, you got, you might be a little cooked up with somebody that kind of drives you crazy, but you know, this is time that we should be spending together. This is time that we should, get to know each other one better and spend more time together because once it's done, we're going back to work and you know, you, this is time. That's it's precious. Stay inside. Don't take look, things to granted. Right. Just if you're working, be safe. If you're not working, you know, be even more safe because you got to go to the store and get food and stuff. And that's crazy. Like I was at the store the other day and I'm not gonna lie, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I get pretty anxious uh when I go to the store. Me and Ronnie went to Target and uh she's like the whole time like, You're pretty anxious. We could see it in your face, blah blah blah. And I'm like, Woman, just keep going. It's a silent it's a silent killer. Stay the course or we're all ten. Stay the course. Oh, you're like Corona is your ally. <laughs> The fire but, rises. But yeah, it's a, it's a legitimate thing. And I think we should take it serious. And I want to thank you always for listening with us. 
because you know this is we do this because we like to hear ourselves talk of course oh right right don't we yeah don't you yeah, yeah. To- totally totally to- totally no but we like we like talking about movies and we've always liked talking about movies and we like it that you guys like listening to us talk about movies and we think fire and ice episodes are super fun even if Mario's wrong about Christopher Nolan and his dialogue. I mean, just... Look, listen, listen, look, listen. Look, stop. And listen. Ice is back with a brand new... Oh, yeah. You know it. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Crush the speaker that booms I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom Deadly When I play a dope melody Anything less than the best is a felony Love it or leave it You better gain weight You better hit bullseye The kid don't play If there was a problem Yo, I'll solve it Check out the hook While my DJ revolves it The shitty is yours No They expect one of us on the wreckage, brother A <laughs> <laughs> <The> fire rises <laughs> Gosh, the fire rises. Now that the party is jumping, with the bass kicked in and the Vegas are pumping. Quick to the point, to the point, no faking. Cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. Burning them, getting quick and nimble. I go crazy when I hear a cymbal and a hi hat with a souped up tempo. I'm on a roll, it's time to go solo. Rolling, in my 5.0, with my rag top down so my hair can blow. The girl is on standby, waiting just to say hi. Did you stop? No, I just drove by, kept on. Pursuing to the next stop. I bust a left and I'm heading to the next block. The block was dead, yo. So I continue to A1A. Bye guys. Bye guys.